All right. Praise the Lord, everybody. Good morning. Why don't we uh, Why don't we make our way to our seats? Love to hear the fellowship. Amen. Praise God. Why don't we stand in this place? I want to pray before we get started. I want the Lord to bless what uh, what happens in Sunday school today. I believe God has a specific word for for people in this place. I know He has a word for me. Amen. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord Jesus, God, for this this service today, Lord. I I pray, God, and ask, Lord, that you would change hearts, minds, and souls that walk into this place by your word, Jesus. Lord, let your word come forth, Lord. God, I pour myself out to you today, Jesus, and come with expectation, Lord, to hear from you, Jesus. God, I thank you for your spirit. Lord Jesus, I thank you, God, for what you're going to do in this house. And Lord, I ask that you bless it, anoint it, God, with your purpose, Lord Jesus, with your seal on it for your purpose in this house today, God. In Jesus' name, let's clap our hands unto him today. Come on, let's lift our voice unto him. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. You're worthy, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, I have a couple of scriptures I'd like to read, and then we could be seated. It's Judges uh, 6, 15 through 16. Say amen when you got it. It should be on the screen eventually. Amen. Judges 6, 15 through 16 says this. And he said unto him, O my Lord, wherewith shall I save Israel? Behold, my family is poor in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. And the Lord said unto him, Surely I will be with thee, and thou shalt smite the Midianites as one man. Amen. You may be seated in this place. The story of Gideon is one of those stories that reminds me of just being a normal guy going through things in life. Gideon was just a normal guy. He, was, he had doubts. He had fears. He had faith. But he struggled with trusting God. And often in our lives, as we're building our relationship with God, We have to go through experiences with God that help us to trust Him. Amen. It's not just off the bat or off the cuff that we just always trust God, but it takes going through some trials. It takes going through some tribulation to really understand that God is our provider, that He is everything that He says He is, that He's all in all in our lives and that we can truly trust Him. And we see that kind of situation here. And God called Gideon, and Gideon was an unlikely hero. He was scared. He ran away from the enemy, hid in his little, his little tent, and was threshing wheat inside of a wine press so the enemy wouldn't take his harvest. So many things Gideon was doing, and it reminds me of myself when 
uh, I was a kid and I would get in trouble. And the first thing I do is run to a place where no one else is so I don't get in trouble or I do something wrong and I run into uh, the bedroom or, or whatever it is so I can run away from my problem. And, and Gideon was like that. He ran away from his problems. He ran away from the, the harshness of the Midianites. He ran away from all the things in his life that he had to deal with. And that's something that we find ourselves doing as well, even as adults. We run away from our problems with substances. We run away from our problems with distractions. We run away from our problems with uh, technology and all these different things just to distract ourselves from the stress and the different things that we have going on in life, right? Am I the only one who does that? But God delights in calling the most unlikely candidates to accomplish His purposes. Amen. I'm an unlikely candidate to do what God has called me to do. Try to say that humbly. Moses protested in his walk with God that he's not an orator. He couldn't talk well. Uh, Last week we talked about Deborah and Barak. And Deborah could have objected to uh, being a woman judge. She could have went away from that. And we see Amos... uh, He was an obscure shepherd when God called him. We see John the Baptist, a guy who would eat crickets and honey in the desert and people thinking he's an insane lunatic. But God calls unlikely heroes to accomplish his purpose. Amen. Have you ever find yourself in a situation where you feel unqualified? Amen. Nobody would have picked Gideon out of the troops to be the one who would rally against their mighty enemy named the Midianites. Nobody would have expected Gideon to be that guy. And even when Gideon was in charge, no one expected the total and complete destruction of the Midianite forces that came to pass. It's something unexpected. And often I see God working in people's lives in unexpected ways, providing things unexpectedly. God doing uh, and, and orchestrating specific things in our own personal lives for the benefit of our faith, for the benefit of our, the growth of our relationship with God. Though sometimes the, the hurt of trials and tribulations hurts, when we're out of it, we can really see the big picture that God was in that. God, uh, God had that guy specifically talking to my life. That way that could increase my faith. Or he was saying something my, my flesh didn't like. But l- later down the road, I hear it. And man, that was God speaking to me, telling me I need to get out of this. And, and God helping me through all these specific things. Amen. Where Gideon and the Israelites were, they would have been happy just to bring in one crop from the field and into their barns without interference of the Midianites. And no one one would have chosen Gideon to be the military leader, their national hero. 
But God saw who Gideon was. God saw who he was. God sees who you are. God sees what you've been through in life. Amen. The interesting thing about God is that he already knows what's going to happen. The Bible says that he's Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. So if God's called you to be a mighty man of valor, you're going to be a mighty man of valor, mighty woman in the kingdom of God. Amen. Only God's able to see beyond the, the uh, evident, like the limitations that we have. He's able to see beyond uh, us not being able to speak or, or looking beyond our uh, insecurities or our self-esteem issues that we have. God works past all of that and he sees it as it already is when God fulfills the calling of God in your life. And we see God doing that with Gideon, amen. The Israelites at this time hid in caves and uh, the surrounding tribes weren't able to help them uh, with their enemy. And Israel had to be creative or die. And God let the Midianites mess with the tribe, Amen. We've been talking about this for the past couple weeks, but Israel loves to backslide. <laughs> Israel loves to walk away from God. They love to mix the idols. They love to mix Baal with God. They love to have idols and all these different things mixed in. But we see God still faithful to his people. Even when they're not always faithful. Even when they got problems. Even when they have struggles in their life. But the amazing part is that God still has grace over and over again. And so God sends Israel the most unexpected candidate to fulfill his will, which was Gideon. And so Gideon, obviously we're in the book of Judges, so Gideon was a judge of Israel. We see God's people as they're starving to death, as they have no food, calling out for deliverance. Last week, we were talking about Deborah and Barak, and God sent Deborah, a woman, a woman judge, to Israel to get rid of their enemy as they called out for deliverance. And so, in, in this story, we see an unnamed prophet who visited Israel and reminded them of their forefathers' deliverance from Egypt and their gift of the promised land. And he also revealed their oppression was a result of rejecting God. Amen? Their oppression was a result of walking away from God. Their oppression and all these things they were going through was because they were mixing these idols in, because they were just dabbling a little bit in this and a, li a little bit of that. And all of a sudden they find themselves so far away from God that the enemy has taken the battlefield. The enemy has uh, done everything that he can to, to use the enemy to try and destroy God's people. 
We see that they embraced the pagan gods of their land, uh, which was Baal at this point. And their present troubles that they were going through were a consequence. And it was a consequence of their disobedience. Often we see in the Old Testament, Abraham was justified by his faith. Abraham was justified by his obedience to the word of God. And yet we see Israel still in the same place over and over again. And they forget. They forget about Moses. They forget about Egypt. They forget about the Red Sea. They forget about all these things over and over again. In Judges 6 and 11, we see God calling Gideon while he's hiding from the enemy in his own little tent, his own little place, like a little kid running away from his problems. And it says this, And there came an angel of the Lord and sat under an oak, uh, an oak which was in Ophrah. And that pertained unto Joash the Abzerite, and the son Gideon threshed wheat by the, the, by the winepress to hide it from the Midianites. So Gideon was secretly threshing wheat in a winepress. And a winepress in itself isn't necessarily great for uh, separating the chaff from the wheat. He was doing everything he could to try and help the, the Israel to get to just some food. Just to have something in their bellies. Amen. It would have been quicker and more efficient for him to go outside and, and thresh out in the open. But the problem is, is the enemy's there. The enemy's outside. So he has to hide. He has to doubt God that God's going to help Israel. Though he's using his brain. Maybe if he trusted God, maybe God would have just done it anyways. Maybe God would have just helped him through it regardless but often we find ourselves running away from our problems, running away from things, when in reality, if we let God be God first, things are, things are going to work out. Things are going to change. Stuff's going to happen in our lives. I would imagine Gideon's worry was that the enemy could have been spying and rushed in and taken the grain and, and robbed him of everything he had. But as Gideon was in the place where he ran away from God, suddenly a voice speaks to him. I would imagine he thought, man, they're, they're coming. They, they got me. They got me. But he didn't expect anybody to be around. He didn't see anything. Who was speaking to Gideon? Gideon saw a man under a tree. And this man made this statement in Judges 6 and 12. The Lord is with thee, thou mighty man of valor. To Gideon, he was no mighty man of valor. To Gideon, he was a doubter. To Gideon, he was uh, nothing. He was just the little little guy on the totem pole, just right at the bottom. No, nobody's going to use me. I'm just, I just, uh, I'm by myself inside of this place trying to just make it for myself while leaving the rest of the guys to do their own thing. And Gideon realized that this visitor was just, was more than just a man. That, that he must be an angel of the Lord. Gideon was no warrior. 
in his mind, I would, I would assume that he said, this is a mistake. This, this ain't for me. I'm no mighty man of valor. But Gideon responds this way in 6.13. He says, if the Lord be with us, why then is all this befallen us? Why is all this happening, God? Why, why am I going through things, Jesus? Why am I going through all these things in life, God? What is this? Why, why are, you, why are the, the Israelites being oppressed? Why are you letting this happen to your people? And the angel of the Lord ignores Gideon's question and says this in 14. Go in this thy might, that thou shalt save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent thee? If I was Gideon, I don't know what I would have done. Hearing the voice of God, God coming to me himself and speaking to me, saying things that I never would have dreamed of myself. Things that I never thought I could be used to do in my whole life. But Gideon still doubted God, even after he sent an angel to knock on his door and say, Hey, it's time to get up, mighty man. It's time to get up and start working. It's time to start battling. It's time to start fighting. It's not time to be stuck inside of your own little place, isolated, inside of a room threshing wheat for yourself. It's time to get up and lead Israel out of oppression. That's what God was telling Gideon. But Gideon honestly expresses his doubts to God. Must be a mistake. I'm the wrong guy. Gideon knew that he couldn't be the one to deliver Israel. Judges 6 and 15 that we open with, he says, Oh, my Lord, how shall I save Israel? My family's poor. And I'm the least in my father's house. I don't got the power to do this. I I don't have the strength to do it. I don't have the the self-esteem to do it. I don't have the ability to do this at all. But his own self-assessment of his self was starkly different than God's confident calling in his life. All his life, he's seen himself inferior. All his life, he saw himself as nothing. He, he, he himself saw himself as the little guy when they're getting ready to fight, as they're preparing. He's the little guy with the way too big of uh, armor on and all these different things I would see in my mind. However, God called him a mighty man of valor. Why would God open with calling him a mighty man of valor? That's because that's who Gideon is to God. Amen. God sees it at the end as it is in Gideon's time as it was when God spoke to Gideon. And so Gideon, he cannot comprehend it, but God spoke it into existence that he is a mighty man of valor, that he is going to deliver Israel, and that he is going to help him out of the, the, out of the oppression of the Midianites. 
And the Lord promised to Gideon total victory because God himself promised this in uh, verse 16, that I will be with thee and thou shalt smite the Midianites as one man. Imagine hearing those words, feeling how he felt. And God says, you're going to defeat them by yourself with my help. That would give me strength. That would encourage me. I'd be ready. Let's go, Lord. Let's do this. But Gideon struggled. He was a human with real feelings. He was a human that struggled with things in life. Israel had been praying for this this promise, but Gideon found it difficult to believe that he would be the man that God would use to bring it to pass. Even after hearing God speak to him multiple times, even after bringing him a prophet, even doing all these things, Gideon still doubted. He was frightened. He was scared. He couldn't believe that he was the right man for the job. You know, you can be honest with God about how you feel in the situation. Expressing doubt is not a sin. Amen. Acting on doubt is a sin. But God knows our shortcomings. God knows what you're going through. He's aware of how not good you are at stuff. He's aware of of your inabilities, but God also knows our capabilities. Amen. God calls those because he knows they're going to be capable. God knows when he calls somebody because he's not just going to call somebody who ain't able to do the job. But through the work of God on our heart, through the work of the Holy Ghost in your life, God can turn a drug addict into a preacher. God can turn uh, somebody addicted to this and that into a mighty, mighty woman or man of God who's going to stand up against the wiles of the devil in our culture, in, in the place that we live at, in our apartment complex. We don't know, but God and you know together what God has called you to do. You might be incapable right now, but God is going to make you capable in the process of molding you like clay changing you, changing the way you look at things, changing your mindset. And God knows us better than we know ourselves. Amen. God knows our innermost, deepest thoughts. God knows where our heart is at. And that's why he calls specific people to do specific things, because God knows what he's going to do with us. Amen. We can confess our fears and our failures before God, but we, most, we must also believe what God says about us. We have to believe it. We have to believe that God says that we're, uh, we're chosen, that we're a faithful generation, amen? That he loves us, that we're capable to receive power after that the Holy Ghost comes upon us to be witnesses, not just here, but to the whole earth. Amen. When God fills you with the Holy Ghost, you now have power to do that which you could have never done in your flesh. 
after the Holy Ghost comes you upon you in your life, you're able to change the situations that you're in. You'll have authority over your flesh. You're no longer shackled to yourself, but now you're shackled to God. Now you're connected to God because God lives within us when we receive the Holy Ghost. And the amazing thing about the Old Testament is they didn't have the Holy Ghost, but yet they still trusted God. Yet they still took the the time to listen to God when he shows up or when the prophet came or, or when Deborah comes and preaches a word that a woman is going to deliver Israel and that a woman's going to kill the enemy. Often God calls the most unlikely heroes to do his work. So don't feel discouraged if you feel inadequate now, but feel confident in what God tells you you are, what God tells you you're going to do for his glory. Amen. And God continually throughout this story keeps working on Gideon. Not the grace and mercy of God. Over and over he doubts God. Over and over the same things keep happening. But God still works on him. God's still working on you. Don't feel like you're not good enough or don't feel like you feel like you haven't done enough. God is still working on you. If if we're still here, if the rapture hasn't happened yet, God's still working on us. Amen. With every objection that Gideon gave to God, God still reaffirmed every time that God was going to be using Gideon to do this. The, ever, the answer to every petition and prayer was already on the way for Israel through Gideon. And God clearly communicated his call to this man. He patiently waited for Gideon in the process, making mental adjustments, removing the doubt, making all the things necessary for Gideon to answer the call of God. And so we see Gideon finally getting some strength from these words that God said into his life. God was speaking to Gideon. God was moving in Gideon's life, and he started to trust that. And we see that he realized in this process that I should make a sacrifice in my life. In the Old Testament, they would make sacrifices to God as praise unto God and So we see Gideon preparing a sacrifice and he asked the angel of the Lord to stay while he quickly ran and got the items to make a sacrifice to God and the angel of the Lord agreed and Gideon returned with his meat. He grabbed a young goat and the broth and started cooking it and he had loaves of bread, unleavened bread and the angel instructed him to place the, the bread and the meat on a rock and pour the broth over it. And Gideon obeyed. First time we see Gideon really trusting God through a process. He understood the importance of making a sacrifice in his life. He understood the the necessity of pouring himself out to God 
through an action. Amen. Faith is not just a word. It's not just uh, something that we just believe in, but faith is an action. Amen. We're justified by our faith. Amen. And faith, that means obedience. That means obeying the word of God in our life. That is how we're going to be saved in the end, is being obedient to the word of God. Amen. And then the angel pointed out his staff towards the sacrifice and the fire of God miraculously consumed all that wet meat and bread for a sacrifice. And Gideon trembled in the presence of God. I would have too. (laughs) And God reassured him and said this in verse 23, Peace be unto thee, fear not, thou shalt not die. Gideon then built an altar there, and he called it Jehovah Shalom, which means the Lord is peace. Amen. God again spoke to Gideon that night and called him to offer another sacrifice after destroying idolatrous altars to the God of Baal. And Gideon's father, Joash, had built the altar, and people from the village went there to worship the idol. And Gideon obeyed the Lord for the fear of the people, and he destroyed the altars under the cover of darkness. And the next morning, the people found that the altar of Baal was destroyed. The images were cut down, and, in the, and instead, they found a new altar, a one built to God. And the people's response revealed their Depravity. They called for Gideon's death rather than repentance. They didn't, they didn't see, wow, well, why are you doing this, Gideon? Why, are you, why, why all of a sudden are you doing all these things? And Joash refused to approve the execution of his son and said this, if he, Baal, be a god, then let him plead for himself because that one hath cast down his altar. And the next verse says, and therefore on that day, He called him Jerubbabel, saying, Let Baal uh, plead against him because he hath thrown down his altar. The Hebrew name of Gideon means hewer or cutter down. Gideon was cutting Baal out of Israel. So much so that his idolatrous father gives him a new name identified with Baal. They, they describe him with Baal. Now, don't listen to the enemy. Don't listen to those who are, are living an idolatrous life and giving you labels. Amen? God says that you're his son. God says that he is changing your life. God says he's doing what he's doing in your life. Don't listen to the enemy. Don't listen to those coworkers at work who say, oh, that's just a waste of time. No, that's just the enemy trying to distract you from the calling of God in your life. God wants to change some things in all of our lives to get us closer to the mark, amen, closer to the place where he's calling us to work for his kingdom, amen. Gideon cut Baal out because Israel wasn't going to be delivered by their own power this time. Israel 
wasn't going to be delivered by their strength or their numbers or anything like that, or they weren't going to be on the strength of Baal or, or any other lowercase g gods. And at this point, Gideon was ready. He was listening to God. He was, he was uh, hewing down all those idols. He was beginning to trust God and see that God was on his side working things out. Even though the people disagreed, even though those around him said, what are you doing? He still trusted God through the process of humiliation. He still trusted God through the process of having some struggles. And, God, and Gideon was ready for that next assignment. Gideon felt good, but he was still doubtful. This plan would require great faith from Gideon. And Gideon began to blow the trumpet and called volunteers to follow him to begin to plan to fight these Midianites. Gideon ends up gathering together an army of 32,000 men ready to fight. And Gideon still needed more assurance that God was with him. God did all of that through Gideon, and he still didn't trust God all the way, completely. He still needed a reminder. And so we see Gideon requesting the Lord through a test. Gideon asked God to cause the dew of some fleece to only fall. Uh, and so Gideon placed the fleece on the, the threshing floor. And this would leave the surrounding ground dry. And Gideon said in verse 37, Then shall I know that thou shalt save Israel by mine hand, as you said. <laughs> but God still honored that request. In the morning, Gideon filled a bowl with dew, and as he wrung out the wet fleece, this was undeniable. But he still struggled with doubts. Gideon pled one more time for God to allow one more test, and the second time Gideon asked that the fleece remain dry while the surrounding ground was wet with dew. And patiently, God led Gideon through his doubts in God's plan to lead Israel to freedom from the Midianites. Even though he still didn't trust God, God was still on his side. Amen? God was still working in Gideon, even though he had some issues. Even though he had things that he had to work on. And don't feel like if you got some problems and things to work on, that God cannot work in you. That God cannot not do things. And you know, no, no. We look at this story. Gideon was a judge. God, uh, Gideon was, in God's eyes, a mighty man of valor, ready to uh, deliver Israel out of the hand of the Midianites. Who knows what God is doing in each and every one of our lives, preparing us for. But just because you have some problems doesn't mean that God is not working on you. Amen. Come on, I, got still, I, I still have problems in my life that I deal with. Attitudes sometimes, things like that that rise up and have to repent for, amen? Gideon still doubted God, but God was still faithful once again. 
Gideon at this point was finally ready to accept God's calling and commit to the task that he had been given. These undeniable supernatural signs, they gave Gideon the confidence this time to be victorious no matter what. Gideon began with 32,000 warriors, but that even seemed small to him compared to the Midianite forces. But God, in his humor, begins to tell Gideon, this is too many people. Imagine the doubt. Just I can just imagine it pillowing up in him and being like, God, why are you doing this? What do you mean that's too many? So God instructed him to have every person raise their hand who is fearful to leave. And 22,000 soldiers raised their hand. At this point, Gideon's doubts beyond the top of his head. God wanted his victory to be for his glory alone. That's why God did that. He didn't want it to be because of their own power. He didn't want to do it because Israel had a bunch of strong men. And so we see God leading Gideon to lead these 10,000 volunteers to the brook. And he gave them another test. And he watched as they drank water. And God instructed for those that lap in the, lap in the water on their knees or those who got, or go on their knees and cup the water into their mouth. And 9,700 of those men knelt on their knees to drink and only 300 men were left. Three hundred people left against a larger army than 32,000. How is this going to be possible? How is God going to do this through me? How is God going to do this? I don't have the qualifications now. I don't have the strength now. I don't have the ability now. I don't got an army now. If Gideon didn't know that God was with him, I would assume he himself would have just turned back home fearful. But at this point, Gideon said, God's shown up way too many times for me to give up. God has shown up way too many times for me to just give up on this. Faith in God is not just blindly claiming we know everything God is doing. Amen? Gideon didn't know everything that God was doing, but every single encounter that he had with God up to that point got him to the place where he could pour out everything because he could trust God because he knew that God was going to deliver them. Amen? Nothing is impossible with God. I want to remind you that today, that nothing is impossible with God. This story has way too much to keep going through. I only have two minutes left. But let's stand in this place. Faith in God is not just blindly claiming that we know everything that we're going to go through. But our faith is shrouded in the fears of our inadequacies. Right? 
all the things that we go through, all these problems that we have, timidly asking God for more assurance as we struggle with our honest doubts. Nothing's impossible with God. I want to remind you that. No matter what you're going through in life, God might show up and speak to you, but he's going to take away, uh, but he might do what he did with Gideon, take away all that power in the flesh that you got and have to have you trust him through whatever you're going through. You might end up going broke as you're already broke. <laughs> you ain't got no bills now. All, all, the, all, all the bills in the world and all these things happening. But God still says, I'm your provider. I'm your protector. I, I, I'm going to provide you with all the needs that you have. And as you're in that place when you don't feel like you got anything, just realize Gideon can fight an army of 32,000 plus Midianites with 300 men. With God, anything's possible. Amen? This ain't your battle. This ain't our fight. But if we're led by the Holy Ghost, we're following the Spirit of God, if we're having faith in God and living through that, God's going to fight it. He's going to take every single situation, every battle, every trial, everything that you go through inside of His will, crumple it up like a piece of paper and shoot it through a hoop. Because God has it. Don't you sit there and worry about what you got in front of you, but worry about where you are with God. Worry where you are in your relationship with God and watch God work on your life. Amen. Watch God do what He wants to do. As God confirms in your life what He wants to do in your life, Honestly face the fears that you have and, and discover confidence in depending on God. Get strength from the Lord. Get strength from the power of God working on your life through those insecurities and be transparent with God. Be honest with Him about your doubts. Be honest with Him about the things that you struggle with and watch God work. Amen. Let's pray in this place. Thank you, Jesus. God, I ask that you help us to hear your voice, Lord. God, I pray that you help us with our doubts and our fears toward the, your call in our lives, Lord Jesus. God, I pray that you pour out a, a divine uh, help today, God, for those that don't have a calling in their life. But Lord, reveal unto them, speak into their hearts and their minds, God. Show them what you've called them to do. Show them today through impartation, God. Move on the hearts and the minds of everybody in this house, Lord, to help us trust you when we got nothing, Lord, that we draw our strength from your spirit that we draw everything that we have in this life, Lord, inside of our flesh. Give it to you, God, for your purpose and for your calling, Lord, and help us to realize that when you're the perspective, when, you're, when the focus of your calling in our life is the perspective, God, that you'll work out every single one of our needs, that you fight the battle, God, not our own power, but by your spirit, saith the Lord. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, thank you, God. Let's clap our hands unto him this morning.